the moment when the rise of the oceans began to slow and our planet began to heal. This was the moment. Ah, yes. You don't find an ego like that very often. But the Democrats saw that and said, we can worship him. We can follow him. We may have the opportunity to brush against the hem of his garment. They think he's holy. He's not. Sonny from Chicago was saying, watching C-SPAN, had C-SPAN on there in the background, and how misinformed people are. And uh, Sonny, I'm sorry I ran out the clock on you, but... You know, it's uh, their boy, Joseph Goebbels, said, or Gurgle, said, uh, if you ask the Reverend Al Charlatan, a lie told once remains a lie. A lie told a thousand times becomes the truth. And the Democrats definitely subscribe to that. They are the, you know, the party of, uh, they're carrying on the traditions of the Socialist Workers Party and Joseph Goebbels, Yusuf Goebbels. Did I hear you correctly say that perhaps he was influenced by Gurgle? It's possible that you did hear me correctly, that he was influenced by Gurgle. Possibly Gurgle. That's, uh, you know, Gurgle. Who's Gurgle? Gurgle is Joseph Goebbels after Ted Kennedy gave him a ride home. See, that's... <laughs> We're told that, you know, Goebbels in the great lie. You keep repeating the lie, repeating the lie. That's right. Repeat the lie and you repeat the lie. That's, uh, and that's what they do. And Trump is a dictator. He's going to be a dictator in the future. But he was already president for four years. Was he a dictator? Did he ignore the Supreme Court and uh, go ahead and provide $136 billion in student debt relief, a euphemism for buying votes, even though the Supreme Court said no? Does he ignore the branches of government and the will of the Congress because, you know, Joe Biden ignores the will of the Congress all the time and uses the bureaucracy and the Justice Department and the FBI to target his political enemies. The Democrats trying to have President Trump removed from ballots across the country, just like in Senegal happening right now. Yeah, dictator indeed. Indeed. And you never went bowling with Goebbels either, I suppose, eh? Never went bowling with Goebbels either, I suppose. Um, amazing times. Amazing times we're in. Yes, we are. Now, let's, uh, let's, go to, uh, let's go to number 17. Number 17. Van Jones. I don't know if anybody's asked him lately, but Van Jones used to self-describe as a communist. Now, if you're a Republican and you used to describe as a communist, then I don't think the news media would let that go. Am I right? That'd be an issue. Van Jones, communist, uh, he proudly described himself that way. And when the Obama administration brought him in, remember they came out, who was it, uh, Nita Dunn or one of them, came out and said, oh, we were so proud, so happy to get Van Jones to come into the administration because he self-describes as a communist. Barack Obama's mentor as a teenager, since he lived a fatherless life, was being raised by his grandparents because his father went back to Africa to continue his career as an alcoholic until he crashed and died in a drunk driving crash. And his uh, mother 
uh, the nice Kansas lady. Well, they're in Hawaii now, and and uh, and uh, she just left him with her parents. And so his grandparents largely raised him, sent him to the most exclusive private school in Hawaii, the Punahou School, right? And uh, and then his mentor, Frank Marshall Davis, card-carrying member of the Communist Party. Just a coincidence. Then they bring Van Jones in to the White House, very proudly, self-described communist. And then Barack Obama made John Brennan, a.k.a. penitentiary face, made John Brennan the CIA director. John Brennan had, of course, voted for the Communist Party candidate for the presidency of the United States, Gus Hall. Gus Hall. That is... Uh, you know, do you see a pattern emerging here? Because I think there is a pattern that could be detected. Van Jones, self-described communist on CNN, uh, talking about what Joe Biden should be doing, you know, instead of this phony, baloney, non-primary uh, in New Hampshire because the first in the nation for them is South Carolina because black votes and, you know, they're the party of the Confederate states and Van Jones on CNN yesterday with a recommendation for the Biden campaign. If I were Biden, I would, I would stay hidden. And I'll tell you why. Stay hidden. Um, he doesn't inspire confidence. And he's not a great messenger for himself. He's, he doesn't inspire confidence. And he's not a great messenger for himself, like Barack Obama's. This is the moment the rise of the oceans began to slow. And the crowd goes wild. Like, uh, you know, it's like uh, the old days in... Munich, uh, really, honestly. So he should stay hidden because he doesn't inspire confidence, and, he, and he's not a good spokesman for himself. Well, uh, even Van Jones admits that it did work for him last time. There's something wrong with this campaign where we're somehow expecting Joe Biden, who frankly hid during the last campaign, to come out now and be Flash Gordon and save this his own campaign. Flash Gordon? He's going to come out and be Flash Gordon? Eh... He's got pudding running down his chin. He's in a high chair with socks on, swinging his legs back and forth. Flash Gordon is uh, not uh, boy. And you may remember back in 2020, it was Terry McAwful, the uh, then governor. Was he then governor of the Commonwealth of Virginia? He um, either then governor or former governor of the Commonwealth of Virginia. And he was the chair of the Democratic National Committee as well. And he's Terry McAwful. And what did he say in 2020 Joe Biden ought to be doing? People say all the time, oh, we got to get the vice president out of the basement. He's fine in the basement. <laughs> two people see him a day, his two body people. That's it. Leave him in the basement. Keep him in the basement. He doesn't have to run because the media campaigns for him. And that goes to what Sonny was talking about, too. Why are so many people misinformed? And, and Sonny, you used the, the right term because so many people are not, there are people who are uninformed, but Sonny made reference to people that are misinformed. How do you become misinformed? Well, you get your news from CNN and the Washington Post and the New York Times and, and the Chicago Tribune, and then you're misinformed. What is the old uh, Mark Twain, um, the old Mark Twain quote, I believe it was. In fact, Samir, our uh, parking garage guy, who's a great guy uh, from Africa, and he's a wonderful guy. And he loves to tell jokes. And I ran into him recently, and he said, he said to me, he says, Chris, you know, Mark Twain used to say, if you don't read the newspapers, you're uninformed. If you do read the newspapers, you're misinformed. 
and Sonny, um, our man Samir was right and Mark Twain was right. And we still have the same problem with the newspapers. Why are so many people misinformed? It's because they read the papers. It's because they watch CNN and they get their news from ABC and George Stephanopoulos, who is a career Democrat, not a career journalist. It's because the news media, on behalf of the Democrat Party, deliberately misinforms the public repeatedly. And as Joe Biden said, quoting uh, Gurgle, uh, a lie told once remains a lie. A lie told a thousand times becomes the truth. And the Democrats have relied on that axiom for generations. So you say Donald Trump's going to be a dictator. Say it a thousand times. And then the 74-year-old lady in New Hampshire says, I don't want to live in a dictatorship. She heard it on The View. She saw it on Saturday Night Live. She saw it on, on uh, Sunday morning on, on uh, ABC Fake News. And she, she hears it on late night TV with Jimmy Fallon and Jimmy Kimmel. And you repeat the lie a thousand times and it becomes the truth in enough minds where it serves the Democrat Party's interests. Yesterday on MSDNC, they have a Democrat by the name of Alex Wagner. Alex Wagner. She part of Putin's Wagner group? She could be a part of the Wagner group. Alex Wagner of the Wagner group on MSDNC came up with a whopper, and this one is just berserk. I'm sorry, um, first of all, it was Democrats that came up with birtherism, the idea that, uh, that Obama was born in Africa, and that his aunt in Africa didn't help saying that she was there when he was born in Africa. But never mind that. Alex Wagner yesterday said that Trump is somehow engaging in birtherism which would be a suggestion that you weren't born in the United States and therefore not eligible to be president. When it comes to Nikki Haley, and this is this is what you, I mean, and it, this also goes to, Sonny, to what you're talking about of people being misinformed. Not many people watch MSDNC, but, but if you do watch MSDNC, you are misinformed. And if you believe what you're being told, you're going to go around and regurgitate falsehoods because that's what the party would have you do. Donald Trump has already started going for the jugular with the birtherism stuff and Nikki Haley. I mean, it is going to be a what? bruising next month for this woman who very clearly did not want to talk about being the daughter of immigrants, did not want to talk about being the governor what? that took the Confederate flag down from the state capitol in the wake of the Mother Emanuel shooting. I mean, this is all stuff that I think for the general election could be, you know, important data points for Nikki Haley, but in a in a... In a primary process that, that where nativism and xenophobia and latent, if not explicit, racism has proven to be mana, uh, I, you know, I think mana. it's going to get really, really ugly. I think she meant mana. The, uh, so what, what is it? Racism and xenophobia and birtherism. And that is what President Trump is allegedly doing about her Nikki Haley being the daughter of immigrants um, from India. I don't think any of that has happened, but if you watch MSDNC, yeah, Trump, Trump's doing that. Um, you're you're out of your minds. You're all out of your minds. You do understand that. I don't think they do understand that, but but we should understand that. The important thing is that we understand that. Just crazy. These people. Uh, I'm going to get to the terrorists at the border, and uh, and Joe Biden coming up. But let's go to. Uh, Let's go back to the telephones because we have Frank on the line calling from New Hampshire. 
the uh, home of yesterday's competition. Frank, you're on the Chris Plant Show. Hi, good morning, Chris. Uh, my wife and I enjoy your show every morning. Yeah, uh, just love it. Uh, Dixville March, the first time uh, Dixville March had its uh, uh, election was in 1960. I was a kid, and I woke up, and the playbo was blasted that Nixon carried it 9-0 against JFK. <laughs> That's great. And uh, Nikki Haley carried it 6 6- Zero, uh, night before last, right? Yeah, Biden carried it 6-0 last year. I guess the six people didn't know. So back up on Dixville March. Dixville March is technically, there was a hotel there called the Balsams. And the Balsams was a year-round resort. It was very trendy. It's, it's since gone out of business. But uh, the people that lived at the Balsams were the ones that voted. Uh, they, they were basically the only people in town. I mean, the Boston was the only big business in town. Uh, Dixville March is 30 miles south of the Canadian border. So right. It's just a nice thing to see. They, 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 they still do it every year, and it's still you know kind of interesting. But the hotel's closed, so I don't know where those people are living or what they're doing, but uh, it, it, it was interesting. Uh, one other point, if I can get to, I am a, uh, what do you call it, an unaffiliated voter. And uh, in, in New Hampshire, I've been here for 25 years or so. Uh-huh. And um, I do it because I just like to, I like to have the luxury of, of, uh, of you know, going to the, you know, taking a Republican ballot, or taking a Democratic ballot. And, I, and I've done it, uh, uh, I guess, the, from the Boston politics, I'm called what, what's called a spike. And, uh, <laughs> you know, you're voting against somebody. To, uh, to to take them out. That's so. I may do that on the Democrat side or the Republican side. So I'm a. That's why I'm an independent. But generally speaking, I go uh, Republican uh, most of the time because uh, it's still, uh, you know, it's quite 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 frankly, I hate to get off topic a bit, but mm-hmm. as I tell people that want to talk politics, I say, you know, there's a vote going on that you people aren't listening to, and no one's watching. You know, forget Trumpy and forget Biden. You know, the top five states that are controlled by Democrats are hemorrhaging population. And the top five states gaining population are Republican. And, uh, you know, people are voting with their feet. And uh, I think that's why the Democratic Party is so uh, uh, anxious to, to, to basically hold federal power, because that's where the printing press is. But some of these states are just hemorrhaging cash. Uh, if I could say one more thing, Chris, uh, I, I live in New Hampshire. I'm a Massachusetts refugee, and uh, Massachusetts has passed a we call it a millionaire's tax, and it's having some adverse effects already. And uh, you know, let's let's face it, millionaires already have a place in Florida, or they have a place up here in New Hampshire on the lake, and it's not so hard to you know sell the house down there and you know move up here or move to Florida or do six months of a day down in Florida. So. I just don't get it because uh, New Jersey tried it and it failed. And I, I, I don't know why Massachusetts is, is trying it. I think it's going to backfire. Well, they're Democrats and, and they never learn, I think, is the, is the short answer. Um, they're ideologues and the results that they produce are unimportant to them. Their ideology is uh, paramount and... And they know they produce negative results again and again and again, yet they keep doing the same thing over and over and over. And every day is an IQ test, but this to me indicates that they're ideologues. 
who are unconcerned about the effects their policies actually have on people, as long as they're in power. And Frank, you got a lot to say. Great call. I'm glad you called in. Thank you very much. Have a great New Hampshire day. Hey, it's Chris Plant. Excited to tell you about our July 2024 Listener Sea Cruise. We'll be sailing around the British Isles, visiting Scotland and Ireland. Please join us. Visit ChrisPlantCruise.com. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Now, here's another amazing story that the news media is not covering. It has to do with radical Islamic jihadi terrorists sauntering in across our southern border. Um, and it was the first responders media online that asked a question of an illegal, illegal alien walking into our country across the southern border and uh, said, hey, where are you from? And the uh, tall, lean, bearded man in his 30s said this. You are smart enough, you will know who I am. But you are really not smart enough to know who I am. But soon you're going to know who I am. But soon you're going to know who I am. If you're smart enough, you're not smart enough, you'll know who I am. Well, it turns out that this guy played the audio for you uh, day before yesterday of this guy coming across our border illegally. And it turns out that uh, his name is, is Movsom Samadov. Movsom Samadov is the head of the Islamic Party of Azerbaijan. Now, why was the head of the Islamic Party of Azerbaijan, Central Asia, sneaking illegally into the United States of America? And why did he say, soon you will know who I am. You will all know who I am. Uh, well, maybe we'll find out. But this is Joe Biden's America. Uh, better bet in the hatches. Head of the Islamic Party of Azerbaijan. Here he is wearing his kufi, got his beard, got his scarf on here. I don't think he's a friend of America. Now, there are naturally uh, left-wingers online arguing that the illegal alien sneaking into our country caught on camera is not Movsom Samadov, the Islamic Party leader in Azerbaijan. But uh, they seem to just be angry people ranting about things. And, you know, the Democrats are pro-jihad now. They've joined the jihad. They're pro-Hamas. They're pro-Houthi rebel. They're pro-Iran. Oh, Obama is pro-Iran. Biden is pro-Iran. World's leading state sponsor of terror, but never mind that. So why don't we arrest the guy and, uh, you know, maybe waterboard him. See if it's uh, him or not. Let's grab him. You'll find out who I am soon enough. You'll all know who I am. I'd call it an airstrike. I'd uh, start with some helicopter gunships, chew up the landscape around him. Now, I want to, uh, I want to, I'm going to get to Joe Biden, who was classic Joe Biden yesterday, talking and trying to talk about abortion and um, just being Joe Biden. 
What a what what a maroon, as Bugs Bunny might say. And before I get to that, I want to get to the mailbag. And before I get to the mailbag, I want to get to Hillary Clinton because she's got an ex account and she's pretty amazing. Um, she's very upset that Margot Robbie, who is an actress, was not nominated for an Oscar. You know, we learned the Oscar. I I used to follow the Oscars and movies. They don't really make movies anymore. And, uh, you know, biggest producers in Hollywood are Barack Obama and Michelle Obama. We're like the Philippines in the 1970s, something like that. But uh, Margot Robbie was not, and what she's in the Barbie movie. And we're supposed to get all kinds of, we're supposed to shower the Barbie movie with Oscars. And when that doesn't happen, and, and I think they did get like uh, two or three nominations for the Barbie movie. For God's, I mean, it's a, it's a cartoon puppet show. And this other woman, Greta. Greta Gerwig. Yeah, Greta Gerwig, whose name is Greta Gerwig. Let's start with that. She was not nominated either. For Best Director. Yeah, because she directed Barbie. Wow. So Hillary apparently really liked the, the movie about a girl's doll. That's something. And so Hillary, ex-post, Greta and Margot. We all know that she's talking about Greta Gerwig and Margot Robbie. And Hillary wrote, presumably, while it can sting to win the box office but not take home the gold, Now, what do you think she's talking about there? Your millions of fans love you. Why would she tweet that about Margot Robbie and Greta Gerwig not being nominated for Oscars? Well, it's because she's still bitter about losing to Donald Trump. And she's going to her last breath when she dies many years from now. When she takes her last breath, it will be a bitter breath about losing to Donald Trump. And we should all take solace in that because I think that's that's good news. You can run the best campaign, you can even become the nominee, and you can have the election stolen from you. Yay. Woo! They all cheer. Have the election stolen from you. That's all they heard. Have the election stolen. We can steal. That means we can steal the election, right? We can do that? Because Hillary said the election was stolen from her. Who else uh, said uh, Terry McAuffle said the election was uh, stolen in 2000? And Terry McAuffle said the election was stolen in 2004. And we played audio today of Terry McAuffle in 2020 saying Joe Biden should stay in the basement. And now the communist Van Jones saying Joe Biden should stay in the basement and not campaign because the media will do his work for him because we're a banana republic, because we're a third world country. Yeah, Hillary Clinton while it can sting to win the box office but not take home the gold. She's like, I know, I know what it's like to not be nominated for an Oscar. Because I lost the election to Donald Trump. <laughs> Your millions of fans love you. Your millions of fans. Wasn't Margot Robbie, she was like the, uh, she was the pretty girl in the Wolf of Wall Street, right? That's, uh, yeah. And Hillary writes, you're both so much more than Kenno. Knuff. Who's that? It's, it's from the Barbie movie. Who cares? And it's kind of funny. The first response to Hillary Clinton on X is Ken Klippenstein, 
Ken Klippenstein wrote, Margo really should have visited Wisconsin. <laughs> Hillary didn't campaign in Wisconsin in 2016, and she lost to Donald Trump in Wisconsin, and she lost the election, and everybody laughed. Well, not everybody. Yeah, they had their meltdown and all that. Now, let me get to, uh, let me get to mailbag questions because it's mailbag day, and uh, I have mailbag questions. Right here in front of me, printed out on actual paper made from trees, which that left-wing environmentalist arsonists in Canada burn so many of. And they caught this guy. 14 counts of arson. 14, I think that's right. For starting 14 different fire uh, forest fires in Canada, which is a big national park. 14 fires. And that, and remember, the smoke was covering Chicago and Pittsburgh and New York and even Washington, D.C., and uh, we're not very close to Canada. Uh, 14 counts of arson for him because, you know, forest fires. That's, see, I just wanted to remind you of that because I have paper in my hand. And we need paper from trees. We like paper from trees. All right, so Bart, Bart asks... He says, what's the most fun you've ever had with an M80? What's the most fun we've ever had with an M80? See? And he says, sorry, I mean, what's the most fun you ever heard a friend having with an M80? We don't want the postal inspection service picking up, pricking up their ears. <laughs> That's true, the postal inspection service. Yeah, they're doing all kinds of weird things too, aren't they? The federal government is being abused all over the place, especially the law enforcement branches of the federal government. That's funny. I, uh, I've got to say, you know, I've talked about how the lefties brought bags full of M80s down to the three-day riot at the White House, right? And, um, and they threw them at police officers, and 160 to 180 officers were, were injured by the Democrats attacking the White House for three days. Not an insurrection, though forced the evacuation of the president and the first family, but not an insurrection. The pro-Palestinian uh, rioters at the White House just about a week ago forced the evacuation of the staff from the White House, too. Really a non-news story. Uh, but an M80 is a big firecracker. It is, in fact, an eighth of a stick of dynamite, hence uh, the M80. And it will blow your hand clean off if you clutch it in your fist and light the fuse. And they're waterproof, too. One of the great things and fun things about M80s is they're waterproof. Now, uh, Bart, I've got to say, I don't want to go too far into this, but I did blow a lot of stuff up growing up with uh, M80s and with other. I made my own explosive devices as a child, too, with gunpowder and glass bottles and uh, fuses that you bought for the Estes rockets. They're waterproof fuses. They're great. But the M80s, like you could blow up a pumpkin, for example. I'm not saying you would, but you might. Uh, you could, they're also like an old postal mailbox. You know, that would be, that would probably be against the law. But, you know, a, a kids, I'm aware, you know, blew up uh, the post uh, m- mailboxes with M80s. And pumpkins are fun to blow up with M80s. And tree stumps can be blown up with M80s. And they're fun to light the fuse and throw in the water if you have a creek or a river nearby. Because they will actually sink a bit and then blow up underwater. And if there are any fish there, then the fish will float to the surface because... That's like hand grenade fishing. M80s are a ton of fun, but, you know, for the kids, they're very dangerous. They're very, very dangerous. I also one time came home and 
found uh, walking into my front yard, three older brothers, two younger brothers growing up, and I found one of those uh, round, um, you know, the size of a quarter uh, spherical red smoke bombs, right, with a green fuse sticking out of it. And I was probably in fourth or fifth grade, and I found it in my front yard, figure it was from my younger, from one of my brothers. And I, naturally, I had a Zippo lighter at the time, and I, and I uh, saw it in my front yard, and I, so I pulled out the Zippo, because I'm already smoking Marlboros, you know, and I lit the, uh, I lit the fuse and pulled my hand back, and I wanted to wait until the smoke started trailing out of it before I threw it, so you get a good arch, right? And it went back, and I pulled back. I'm winding up now. I'm my hands behind me. And uh, I waited for the fuse to hit the, the, uh, the red ball, and then I threw it so I'd get a good trail of smoke. And as soon as it left my fingertips, it exploded. It was not a smoke bomb. It was a cherry bomb. <laughs> and I would have lost fingertips to that one for sure, but, uh, you know, I didn't. I do miss Zippo lighters, though. Right to be asks, I've heard you say you used to be a liberal. Can you describe your change in thinking? What was the catalyst? It's true. I grew up in a Democrat Party household and, you know, liberal in the way like my, my stepfather, who I called dad, uh, was traveling with Martin Luther King as a reporter and crossing the Pettus Bridge and, the, you know, living in Chicago, the riots in Chicago. My pregnant mother had to run away from the riots in Grant Park and, and uh, stuff. Uh, my mother was a John F. Kennedy Democrat. And I, um, you know, with all that said, that was kind of normal at the time. Obviously, you're pro-civil rights. Every reasonable person was. And, um, you know, I wasn't anti-Vietnam War or anything like that. My mother, always very pro-military. I was a little kid and all that. 1968, I was eight years old, right? And my change of heart was uh, 1980 and Ronald Reagan campaigning and I was then going to Santa Barbara City College in Santa Barbara, California, being told Ronald Reagan was going to destroy the world and wreck the and nuclear war. And, and then I met Ronald Reagan because um, dad, my stepfather, was covering the Reagan campaign. And I met him and I, I said, well, this is not the man that I see described on the news and in college classrooms. And, and I started questioning uh, everything I was being told. And it was uh, entirely Ronald Reagan and, and the fact that I had the opportunity to meet him personally that changed my worldview and opened my eyes to the fact that I wasn't getting the truth from the news media and uh, news media family, mind you, or at college, Santa Barbara City College, or reading the papers, the Santa Barbara News Suppress and stuff, no internet, of course. But it was Ronald Reagan all the way. And also being a liberal in the 1960s was different than being a, a self-described liberal today. And second question from Right to Be asked, I can't find any Republican friends who want to do anything with Nikki Haley. How on earth is she polling beyond low single digits? Media fabrication? Well, again, it's uh, information dominance and the anti-Trump crusade is the primary driver there. I think. And people are told terrible things about her that may not be true. They're told good things about her that may not be true. Um, it's, it's the anti-Trump thing. And some Republicans fall into that category. But mostly it's the anti-Trump everything, right? T-Bone. T-Bone asks, Chris, during the Vietnam War, 58,000 Americans died over a 10-year span, even more than that, 1959 to 1975. Throughout the conflict, and there were anti-war protests raging in the country. True. Now the left is 
engaging in anti-Israel protest, pro-Hamas protest. They're anti-Israel winning the war. Interesting. And T-Bone asks, today 100,000 people die annually from fentanyl, yet nobody utters a peep. Is there an explanation as to why nobody cares? And it's true, we have more than 100,000 fatal drug overdoses in the United States on an average year these days. And the actual fentanyl alone number, I believe, is 73,000 to 74,000 just from fentanyl flowing across our southern border. Can you explain? Uh, I think I can. The left doesn't care about human life. They're not liberals. They're the left. They could care less about 100,000 fatal drug overdoses in the United States every year. Joe Biden, I don't think, has ever mentioned it. But he's very concerned about his son's crack addiction. Uh, And that's fair. But 100,000 deaths, uh, a great many more, more than the Vietnam War and the Korean War combined in a single year in the United States, not a peep out of our political leaders. How can that be? And I really believe it's because they're pro-drugs. They've been pro-drugs forever. They're in the process of legalizing drugs. They'll tell you pot's not a gateway drug, but every heroin addict smoked uh, smoked pot first. Uh, But never mind that. And the answer is the left cares not about human life. They literally don't care about human life. And I believe that's the root of the total disregard for 100,000 fatal drug overdoses a year. Independent normal guy asks, do you believe Trump can overcome the margin of fraud the Democrats will likely engage in in 2024? That is a great question. And it remains to be seen. I'm not sure I can answer that question because it's the future, you know. And uh, certainly they're going to try. They're going to pull out all the stops. They're monkey-wrenching the system in New Hampshire, right? They're propping up Nikki Haley in an effort to drag down President Trump. They're writing in Joe Biden uh, because he's not on the ballot. They don't uh, really hold our... uh, our, our systems, our customs, our laws uh, in very high regard either. So independent normal guy, that remains to be seen. I'm, I'm afraid is, the, is the, the only answer available for that question. It's a great question, and we've got to keep our eyes peeled, which sounds painful, but is a good idea anyway. Now, I've got Joe Biden yesterday. He spoke, and it didn't go well. Uh, Let's get to election denier Joe Biden yesterday in Virginia at a pro-death, anti-life rally where they're cheering, yes, uh, we love children's organs, something like that. Joe Biden. Hello, Virginia. And the real governor, Terry McAuliffe. And the real governor, they're all confused. They're like, what are you talking about? The former governor, former DNC chair, who's an election denier himself, 2000 and 2004. Uh, And uh, where's Stacey Abrams? Was he looking at Stacey Abrams when he said the real governor? Uh, Because Terry McAuliffe, crazy. And then Joe Biden was talking and he was heckled by the pro-genocide, the anti-Semites in the crowd. And he claimed it's a MAGA woman. Jill and I had a chance to sit down. And they all immediately know what to do intuitively and instinctively. Four more years. 
is yelling, how many kids have you killed today? Because the genocide against the Palestinians and uh, completely crazy. Um, boy, Joe Biden. It's outrageous. And frankly, another heckler, Donald Trump and MAGA Republicans, including the woman hollering. That's a MAGA Republican hollering at Joe Biden that he's committing genocide. He's genocide Joe. That's a Democrat Party label uh, for him. Um, Joe Biden. Let's go to number five. Joe Biden uh, doesn't speak very well, as we know. And he's attacking. So the lady is yelling uh, the pro-Hamas stuff and obviously a Democrat. Oh, yeah, like the MAGA lady. No, you lie about everything. And Terry McAuliffe, the real governor. Right. And uh, Joe Biden attacking Donald Trump. Donald Trump is betting we won't, you won't vote on this issue. But guess what? <laughs> He's betting we won't hold him responsible either for taking away the rights. He's betting you're going to stop caring. He's betting you're going to stop caring. I guess I skipped number four. We should do number four, right? Number four. We'll teach Donald Trump a valuable lesson. Don't mess with the women in America unless you want to get the benefit. Don't mess with the unless you want to get the benefit. What? What are you talking about? What in the name of God? And now he's talking about the Civil War again. The election of 1864 he's talking about. Um... When Abraham Lincoln, before being shot in the head and killed by a Democrat, was running against former General George McClellan. I believe 2024 is going to be the most important election we've had since 1864. Since 1864. Kind of ironic because that was the second election of Abraham Lincoln, the first Republican president. The Emancipation Proclamation, all that good stuff. And uh, Joe Biden was born closer to that inauguration than to his own. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was the three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.